Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kate, Kiwi, and BP. Hello. Hello. Hi. Today we're going to be playing Bruxels, 1897. And yes, I know it's supposed to be Brussels, but there's an X. Designed by... Yeah, yesterday BP was like, oh, I was like, it's Brussels, but with an X. And she was like... That's how it's spelled. I was like, I have never in my life seen it spelled like that. I've always seen it Brussels. And she was like, Brussels? Like I was some kind of monster. Well, you are, but. Yes, that's neither here nor there. Designed by Etienne Esperman. And the artist is Vincent Yosen. Published in 2019 by Geek Attitude Games. uh, And it's based on the game Brussels 1893. Yeah, so I think this is a card game version of that board game. Okay. When I looked at the pictures of that board game, it looked more of like a Euro style, lots of meeples, like just stuff all over, like big boards. Yeah. I actually thought that's the one we were playing. The description is the year is 1897. Art Nouveau is taking over the streets of Brussels as the World's Fair opens the doors. The time has come to cement your name in the history of art. In order to establish your reputation, you will exhibit and sell your works of art, construct architectural masterpieces, and expand your social circle. The mechanics are area majority influence, auction bidding, modular board, and worker placement, and the box art. Very Art Nouveau. Like storefront from that time period. Gentleman with a top hat. Just, you know, hanging out on a bench, looking out at it. One of those newfangled electrical lamps mm-hmm. with a card on it. <laughs> Maybe that's a poster for the World's Fair. Exactly. BP on this one, she was like, oh, this is Art Nouveau, in case you didn't know. And I was like, oh, I know. She was like, well, good. Now you can't say it's Impressionist. I was like, I don't know what Impressionist is, so I wouldn't have said that. I don't know. I don't know a lot, but. You going to finish that sentence? No, I just, I was going <laughs> to let, let, the, let, let the listener I just it. don't know a lot. All right. So based on all this, would you pull it off a shelf, BP? I love Art Nouveau. It is seriously one of my favorite art styles. So I'm, I'm in. Kate? Yeah, I would probably pull it off a shelf. Um, I also think like the World's Fair and the history of that um, is pretty interesting. So I'd be curious to see what that looks like in a game. Yeah, I enjoy the, the time period. Mechanics are interested. I'm interested how an art card game has mm-hmm. area majority influence. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that works. And then, yeah, just sort of like it, it just all sounds interesting for, I don't know, not being a heavy Euro game. So I'm curious how they pull that off. Uh, I'm going to go with no. I'll be the one dissenting thing. I, I guess Art Nouveau doesn't really speak to me like watercolors do. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the box art just doesn't jump out at me. And the. Uh, while the World's Fair, like that whole history is interesting, I'm not sure the rest of it is a whole. I'm not. It's, it's weird to say, like, I'm not a big fan of like just standing around looking at art because uh, I feel like <laughs> art is a lot like literature where it's just like, oh, the blue in this painting means this. And it's like, did the, did, the, did the artist say that? Did the artist say that the blue stands for this? And you knew I taught. Oh, yeah, I know. Classes I know. In yeah. museums in Paris. Yes. Okay. I'm, yeah, and I'm still going to say what I said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like the box art is, is kind of where it loses me. It's more for me on this one, the description of mechanics that I'm curious about. But I, I understand where you're coming from <laughs> on your, eh, you'd probably pass by the box if you just saw it. All right. Um, How do you think Art Nouveau is played, BP? The, okay, so you were curious about the area majority influence part, but... um. 
So kind of knowing a little bit about the history of Art Nouveau and um, the the international exhibition that was going on at that year and um, it just kind of how art was changing during this period in time. What I'm going to go with is very kind of historical in that what you're going to be doing is mate. We don't have special powers, but I'm, I'm assuming we are going to be like the architects that are building uh, kind of renovating, if you will, Brussels during this time. Uh, and so our area majority is going to be kind of like that game we played with the, with the dice almost where we were building uh, the old west town, except we're oh, going to be uh, building. Town. Yeah, we're going to be building this, and so we want our cards uh, as much out there as possible because we want to be right uh, the star. Now I'm picturing building a town with like cards, like stacking them. Mm-hmm. Well, because didn't we do that with like Copenhagen or something? Something similar to that, and this like idea of establishing your reputation. That um, yeah, having. Like a majority of your cards out there gives you a higher status. Okay, but where does the guy sitting on a bench in a top hat come into play in the game? Yeah, that's you. Oh, well, he's the architect, okay. obviously. <laughs> um, You're just like sitting back at looking at your innovation. I think we're going to be building lampposts out of cards. Uh, what about the auction bidding? Though? Oh, you got to sell your art, right? Are you bidding on like real estate in the fair? Um, history of uh, Bruxels. Brussels. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a linguist. Uh, I'm an historian. And as soon as uh, he said Brussels, I was like, oh, it was really known for its cloth manufacturing. So Brussels, as we know today, of course, uh, is the capital of Belgium and the capital of the EU. Uh, it got that position because, again, it's got this very long history um, dating, you know, obviously, right to the Roman period and to the uh, early medieval kingdoms after Charlemagne, et cetera, et cetera. But what kind of brought it uh, to the forefront and kind of got its engine going as far as economics and its name in kind of Western civilization and then eventually, right, imperialism, which is where this will, of course, be going, is through uh, uh, manufacturing of uh, textiles and first and foremost, uh, tapestries. So, right, uh, castles, Throughout the medieval period, were super cold and very poorly insulated and uh, not very attractive and very dark and all of that. So to jazz them up, right, everybody hung tapestries all over their walls and also helped keep them warm. And Brussels made some of the best in the world at the time. Uh, during the early modern period, so like the 1400s and 1500s, the AKA Renaissance, it was part of the Kingdom of Bur- Burgundy, which was becoming uh, very rich and very solid, uh, while the other kingdoms were, were fighting and et cetera. It was fairly independent and uh, developed new trade routes, again, based a lot on uh, textiles in this sense, continuing the tapestries, but adding to it silks and, of course, woolen products, which were very important. Um, and so it just throughout that period uh, was able to maintain a lot of its independence and its wealth. And then in the 19th century, which is where this will be going, um, 
was able to get kind of on the world stage through imperialism. And so when he said 1897, I was like, ooh, that's like, you know, and it's supposed to be a world fair. It's actually was called the International uh, Exhibition versus like a World's Fair, which there were other World's Fairs around the same time. Uh, So just some slight terminology, but uh, in the fact that one of the big things these world fairs and exhibitions um, tried to highlight was, right, some of the new innovations that were growing on at the time. So this is, right, kind of late industrial revolution as far as Britain was concerned, but everybody else is getting into it. And of course, along with industrialization was also imperialism. So there's kind of twofold to these fairs, like showing off the new innovative techniques. So this is where Art Nouveau will come in, uh, right? The use of steel is going to become new and innovative during this time. So some of the famous steel structures built, especially for uh, world's fairs. Of course, the uh, Eiffel Tower is one of the most famous. Um, and so you start to see that kind of integration uh, when Britain had theirs uh, earlier in the century. They had, right, the the Great Glass Palace. So things built of steel and glass and kind of this whole new modern uh, technique is going to be on display. Uh, You also have along with industrialization, urbanization, uh, which means, right, uh, you're going to have to tear down all those medieval, right, uh, circulous streets and uh, dilapidated buildings and build, right, grand new boulevards with uh, grand new um, structures. So in Paris, of course, the houseman style uh, was very popular along this time. And of course, uh, coming in with also uh, new transportation, such as right subways and the metro also being displayed during this time. And we'll see the Art Nouveau style creep into all of this new urban uh, structures. And again, Belgium's going to play a big role in this. And then the last component to these world fairs is going to be, of course, showcasing how fantastically great they are in conquering, right, uh, places like Africa and Asia. Uh, The part that is really kind of hard in talking about this and Belgium is, of course, um, for those who are unaware, uh, Leopold, who is the king of Belgium during this whole period, actually owned uh, what is now known as the Congo Free States outright as his personal property and pretty horrific um, things went down there. And uh, so much so that when it finally came out into the public, which was a a new concept again during the kind of late 19th century, having to cater to uh, mass public and your public audience, even if you were a monarch, um, they, uh, the Belgium, right, kind of democratic structure took the Congo away from Leopold. Not that they ended up doing anything fantastic with it themselves. A lot of the, um, again, ethnic cleansing and genocides that have taken place in the late 20th century stem from this period. So it's kind of, you know, these these world fairs were there to show off all of this stuff, but there was also really horrific things, right, going on underneath the surface. The World Fair or the International Exposition in in Brussels during this time was a real highlight for the Art Nouveau style. Uh, And of course, for Belgium and all that was going on at this time, uh, the Art Nouveau style actually started in Belgium. Uh, 
Um, if you place it in that historical context, uh, you can look at some of the styles and see where it's coming from. If you have like all of this innovation, this expansion, these great changes as far as uh, structural changes, right, with iron and glass, very kind of industrial type products, and you look at the style, it's kind of goes back and is very reminiscent of, say, Gothic, right? Um, kind of that uh, reviving of Gothic medieval styles, but also uh, introduces a lot of natural forms. So when you look at some of the structures, you'll see like a lot of curves, uh, a lot of like plant-like styles. So some of the famous English artists that you may uh, more readily recognize would be like William Morris, for instance, um, in France, uh, Viollet, uh, Le Duc, I believe is his name, uh, was the big, um, I feel like I'm pronouncing that, uh, wrong, but he was one of the big architects that wrote a lot during this time. The big, uh, famous Belgian one, which I'm kind of excited to see if this comes in is Victor Horta and, uh, really established himself. When you look at the poster for the international exhibition, which is on the, um, box art here. Um, that whole kind of poster style uh, became very famous throughout France and uh, Belgium and really a lot of Europe during this time as far as advertisements. So you may have seen, right, some of the like alcohol sales from the late 19th century. Um, so it's really interesting to see how this will play out. Uh, one of the things they did create at the at all of these world fairs, and I know like the one in St. Louis was also really big about this, would be like constructing these like international villages, so to speak. Um, and in this instance, they built like a an old Brussels. And you might be like, oh, they were like reconstructing medieval town. No, they rebuilt something from the 1830s. But we're like, oh, this is so fantastic. It's so nostalgic. And I'm like, it was only 60 years ago. <laughs> but anyway, that was like the big thing. And it was kind of like um, one of the one of the articles I read uh, said it was kind of like going to Main Street in Disneyland, you know, nostalgic for that kind of period of of history. So that's what Art Nouveau represents. I have a feeling that's what we're going to be doing, being kind of these tycoons in industrialization, in imperialism, and in new art forms. All right. So the game is going to last four rounds. <laughs> uh, the first player is randomly chosen, which is boring. So I thought of uh, the last player to put the last person to visit Belgium, uh, the last person to visit Brussels, uh, the person who visited a place closest to Belgium, uh, the person who knows the most Belgians. <laughs> Is that historical Belgians? Uh, no, I would oh. just like Belgians in general. Oh, we know the... We uh... know one. <laughs> I know one Belgian. Uh, each round is split into three phases with one exception. We don't do the first phase in the very first round. So in phase one, we're going to move the round marker to the right and give the person with the expo card the first player card. We're going to return any architects not in prison back to the oh. respective players. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to discard all cards in the Art Nouveau area that were not purchased in the previous round and prepare a new Art Nouveau area. We're going to reset That's all the noble enough. cards and we're going to shuffle the four bonus cards and deal them face up beneath each column. All right, then we go into phase two. This is where we're going to actually start the game. So on your turn, you can perform uh, an action. You have three choices. You can perform an action in the Art Nouveau area. You can perform an action in the Brussels area or you can pass. So in the Art Nouveau area, you're going to swap a card from the area with an architect card. So we're all going to start with a number of cards. 
that are going to have a number on them. They're it's either going to be uh, one, three, or one, two, three, four, or five. There's uh, double sided. Uh, whatever number you put out there, that's what you have to pay. So if you use a a one architect on a card, you pay one, and then you take the you replace that card with your architect. Uh, if you can't afford it, you can't do it. Uh, just like life. Uh, you can gain art pieces. So in this area, you can gain art pieces to sell uh, or exhibit. Uh, yeah, exhibit them. Show them. Show them is probably a better way to phrase that. Uh, you can gather materials to build houses or gain influence with nobles. Uh, or you can start an exhibition, which will also get you first player and provides victory points. In the Brussels area, you, it's going to be slightly similar, So, but you're only going to have three options. Uh, and the way you do it is you're going to play more architect cards, regardless of the value, than what had been previously played. So if BP plays one and I want to do the same action, I have to play two architect cards. Uh, if Eric wanted to do that same action, he would then have to play three architect cards. Um, but you don't pay the gold cost in this in this thing. Uh, in, the, in the Brussels area, you can get money at the stock market. You can activate some of your nobles or you can perform one action normally found in the Art Nouveau area. Uh, and then your last choice is you can pass. Once everybody has passed, we move on to the next phase. Uh, so th that's the last phase, which is the majority phase. So we're going to do uh, three things in order. So we're going to get the column majority. So in the Art Nouveau area, we're going to add up the architect values for each column. Whichever player has the highest value uh, owns that column and they will get the bonus um, that's on the bonus card. Then we're going to look at the coat of arms. So when you guys see the architect cards, you'll see that in the corners, they have a corner piece of a uh, coat of arms. And for each completed coat of arms in the Art Nouveau area, the player who has the most cards in that coat of arms will get uh, victory points based on their prestige. Uh, and then the player who played the most cards in the Brussels area sends one of their architects to prison. Uh, at the end of the final phase in the fourth round, we're going to do end of game scoring is completed. Uh, so first we'll pay two coins for each of our nobles and any unpaid nobles leaves you just like real life. Uh, <laughs> houses will gain you victory points based on your position on the architect track. You'll get one victory point for each material card that you have, two victory part victory points if you possess the exposition card at the end of the game. Uh, we'll do the column majority again, but we'll use the end of scoring uh, that's at the bottom of each of those cards. Uh, the player with the most points is the winner, and then tie goes to the player with the fewest cards or architects in prison. And if it's tied after that, then I, I would have it's never shared. thought of putting architects in prison. Oh no, I put architects in prison all the time. You build a bad bad building, straight to jail. <laughs> Let's play. just finished a game of Bruxels 1897. To recap, Kiwi the Landlord had 27 house points. BP the Noble had 34 Charles points. Uh, I the Art Collector had 41 
statue points. And Yokohama Kate had 61 points. <laughs> That's not nice. No, that wasn't nice at all. Uh, Kate, winning strategy. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess just try to get the, the coat of arms. Definitely going for that. And um, getting uh, pretty high on the uh, prestige tracker in order to maximize those points. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah. It seemed like we mm-hmm. all ended up with about the same amount of houses, art, nobles, etc. And then it was really came down to Kate getting really high on the prestige tracker. And then Sprite didn't get any more coat of arms than the rest of us did. It's just they were all worth three, three points. Yeah, to our three, one. Three, mm-hmm. three points more. Than, I, I clearly did not have a strategy. Um, I tried to minimize the number of nobles I had just so I didn't have to pay them at the end. And mm-hmm. then I tried to stay out of Brussels as much as I could mm-hmm. until the last round when it didn't really matter. And then I used it to like get things without having to pay uh, just so I could pay my one noble that wasn't George. <laughs> it didn't go well for me. Okay. 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 So I wouldn't suggest that strategy. Oh, okay. Uh, BP strategy? Uh, going for pretty art cards. Worked out. You weren't last. I wasn't last. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't suck. Well, it didn't suck the worst. Sure. Because everybody knows <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. Right. All right. Uh, so what did you think of the theme? Uh, BP, did it live up to your uh, Art Nouveau uh, World Fair expectation? There's not a whole lot of the exposition, I feel like, in it. Uh, but the cards are pretty. Um and you're definitely, uh, I mean, all we'll get to mechanics. So I guess like the mechanics all get there. But uh, I do feel like you're trying to collect sets. I, I'm still not, I keep going for mechanics. The cards were pretty. Definitely 19th century dudes, Art Nouveau cards. But that's all. I don't know that you feel like you're trying to build the best street. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't even know what the theme was trying to be. Like, were we trying to build the street? Or were we trying to? Yeah, I think we a... were trying to be the. No, I think the idea was is that you were the architecture was to create like nice little looking buildings, and that's also where you were doing the exhibitions of your art. Mm-hmm. I think my problem with the whole thing is like you had four of the same building for each building type. You had you know all of the red art was the same statue. Mm-hmm. Like they could have kept the same idea of, you know, you could only play a red card during right, the exhibition, but have, them different. but have different red cards so that it was at least like, oh, I don't want that red card. I want right. this red card because right. I like it better. And I feel like that would have added a little bit more. Maybe I yeah. think we still would be in the same boat with I just felt like I was collecting red cards mm-hmm. or I just felt like I was collecting different buildings. Um as I just of- said, I felt like I was doing mechanics versus. Right. Yeah. 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 Was, yeah that I don't think. There was much of it. like to me, like a world fair or exhibition or whatever we call it, like is about cool, new, innovative things. And everything was the same. We, yeah. we were even all the same guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the other thing. I like I'm sure they could have found three other architects mm-hmm. beyond Victor Horta that they could have put on the other three cards. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think it came in a little bit more than that. Like, I don't think <laughs> I just, like, I don't know the. The World Fair is about innovation, but then they're during this time period, like the collecting the nobles and having them 
you know, do things for you. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, I mean, I guess Noble's doing things for you to help you is about as close as it got. <laughs> but I don't know that that really captured what I was expecting anyway. Mm-hmm. Which I guess would be another issue is that it's, if everyone thought something different was going to happen, it's not very clear <laughs> on what the theme yeah. would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, table presence, BP. Well, I think just going back to what Kiwi said, I would have liked to see different buildings, different architects, uh, different pieces of art. Um, after we started playing, one of the greatest Spanish Art Nouveau architects would be right, uh, Gaudi, and some of his buildings are just phenomenal. There's in Barcelona, um, one of the cathedrals he created and some public parks and uh, you know, there's all the metros in Paris. I just feel like there's so much you could have done. I mean, maybe cost is what they're going for. So you only have like, you know, the short selection. Uh, but I mean, what is there is beautiful. I don't know it, it would necessarily, I mean, it might, it might grab my art in almost a way that, um, that one picture one. Oh, Pictura, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, it kind of reminds me, right? Because Art Nouveau was still going on in the early 20th century. Oh, when were, that you was talking, going on. were you talking the one that we saw at Gen Con this year with all the pictures and putting people in? Or were yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that one. one. Yeah, okay. no, yeah. But I also felt like it needed more space to be spread out to see some right. of the cards. And I think that was just... Right, right. Because the way the rule book describes it is when you get it, you are supposed to lay it out and have everything. So unlike other games where you end up covering stuff up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you would have it all laid out. And I think it would be kind of eye-catching, especially if you were like later into that second round with all the architect, because you have that super colorful board now mm-hmm. with everybody's architect kind of in the middle. So I think that would kind of catch your eye. And then I might turn and and take a little bit of a closer look and then see in the art is a, yeah, the art pieces that's there, the, they're nice. They're mm-hmm. you know, good to look at. And I think if it was more spread out, you would at least get to enjoy the art that was there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with what and so far and what we said in the first part about the theme too, is that the variety, there could have been more variety and that's true for the art as well. Like the buildings that were there and the art that would, was there was all I think it was all well done and there was opportunity mm-hmm. to make different types of cards within the same color scheme or the or what have you or the my thing is you said that this is based on a more like normal Euro game. I think it would well, look it better like, yeah. like that. Like it if the cards weren't the, the problem is like it all blended together because it's like okay your nobles are cards, your art is cards, your money is card. It was all just cards. Like if the money had been coin tokens or something and it had been different different components mm-hmm. then the card then the good art on the cards would stand out and not be like bogged down by other other cards that didn't really need to be cards oh yeah wow. and i feel like a lot That's of that beautiful. was you know they're, they're trying to make a cardboard you know a card version of it you know it's kind of like um the castles of burgundy the card mm-hmm. game where they mm-hmm. tried to make the cards multi-use so that they could take everything out of the game yeah, you know, there's no dice, so they put little dice pictures on the cards in Castles of Burgundy. Yeah, I just think that game. comes at the cost of table presence. Yeah, oh, that is pretty. Personally, I I prefer a cool table presence over portability, but uh, I know Kiwi uh, loves his uh, I... card games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Which for portability, though, this them. would take up a huge amount of space. Yeah, that's so, the thing. Like, it, I don't know that it gained anything. Yeah. Like, it's not like a 
a cat lady. Because yeah, they're still they're still aboard. Yeah. So you know they didn't leave the board behind. Right. So I don't know that it gained anything from burning it to card. But uh, mechanics, Kiwi. So I like the idea of having to pay for your actions. The actions were different every round, so it wasn't like a normal worker placement game where it was like, okay. You know, I want to be the first to go to the food spot so I can make sure I feed all my people at the end of the round. Uh, you know, it's a little bit different. So you kind of have to plan what you're doing out uh, a little bit more, but you can't plan too far because, you know, especially in a four player game, mm-hmm. a lot of those positions that you might want. I think, you know, in that last round, I knew that the exposition card was going to get me two victory points. Uh, so I went for it really early because I was really far behind so I could, you know, I'm not going to say waste a turn, but I could spend a turn because I couldn't think of something better to do with it. And even BP was like, oh, I was going to sell this art and then do the exhibition. So uh, I, I like the idea of of that. I thought it was interesting. Uh, okay. Mechanics. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that um, there and it like a couple ways to is it the area control like you could yeah. dominate the yeah. the coat of arms as well as the column yeah the, oh, so yeah that was good coat of arms and for columns so there's lots of opportunities for different things to focus on or even if you're not focusing on it you could still end up scoring um yeah i thought that the the worker placement was going to be trickier because i don't have a lot of experience with that but i remember playing honey buzz and like how when one person went there and then it was like oh now i have to do two or three i was intimidated by that but this didn't come into play like you could just skip going to brussels yeah it wasn't really much of a worker placement yeah i guess at all the area control is probably the most interesting piece putting it was kind of felt like you didn't have enough workers or enough money mm-hmm. and you kind of wanted everyone seemed to be avoiding brussels Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, lost like it, a worker, and everybody knows in a worker placement you want workers. I, I just felt like there were a lot of a lot of rounds where I I didn't like any of the options available, so I just kind of did something. I mean, as I was talking about the theme, I felt like it is very yeah. I mean, it's it's a Euro game, right? So it's all mechanics. It's but which I thought was interesting because I felt like I was collecting sets or something along those lines, which is not one of the mechanics listed, uh, which is interesting for a card game, but. Uh, player interaction. I mean, I guess a little bit more than maybe just like a normal draft game that we've been playing because there was, you know, you were kind of looking what people played on the board so you could try to get the area control. Um, so it's kind of paying attention to what people are doing. Uh, you know, the art, seeing what art people had. There are a couple times where I was going to do an exhibition, but then somebody picked up a certain color of art and I was like, well, not worth it now. Yeah. And there are a limited number of resources like the materials you know if somebody mm-hmm. had materials you could kind of see like oh they have materials so maybe they won't go for that so i'll go for art this time and get the materials next round yeah there's yeah. definitely like a crunch on resources where like if you wanted to build a house you need to go for it or mm-hmm. i think the first one is like oh there's plenty of resources and then like kiwi bought it all and i was like well yeah <laughs> gotta do something else now <laughs> yeah then that i felt like it got even worse too as we all got more and more houses because we needed more and more materials. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. like, and then and who was going to Brussels kind of, we'd all sort of avoid it. And then as soon as somebody went there and like was going to go to jail, then everyone else started playing there. Yeah. So yeah. 
No, yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I felt like there it was a little bit more than what you would get out of a worker placement game. And I think it was, you know, back to what Kate said about the different ways of area majority mm. kind of coming into play. Um, you did have to pay attention a little bit more to figure mm. out, like, how do I get this column? How do I get this mm. coat of arms? Only if you wanted to win. Sure. Only if you wanted to win. Well, yeah. And then, like, also the money thing of, like, okay, I want to control this column. If I play a four, nobody else has more money than me to play better or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought there was a bit of it. Yeah. Not, like, super interactive, but... I was definitely yeah. paying attention to what other people were doing. Yeah. Uh, rules. <laughs> How is it learning the game? Uh, I definitely, even after listening and reading the rules, needed to go through it once. But I feel like once we went through a round, it was fine. Yeah, I think it was definitely at an advantage going last because I got to see what everybody else did. Um, yeah, and because also I, yeah, after listening and reading, I was not really clear what we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's a pretty visual one again with like mm-hmm. playing on the grid and stuff and how the area majority is going to work. But I think the initial, it was easy enough to pick up like the first round of, of the basics, but there was definitely still a bit more of like, okay, how is this whole jail mechanic going to come in? Because mm-hmm. we all like the first round, we all went to jail, and we're all like, well, no one's going to Brussels again. <laughs> and then you kind of realized how you could get people out. It didn't become as bad. Uh, same with like how much money you should spend and how do you get money and things like that. So I, I'd say that sort of took a while to really kind of pick up, almost towards the end of the game. I feel like, but is that rules or strategy? I think it's not so much rule. It's learning the game. So like, yeah, well, it's learning the rules so that you can implement a strategy. Yeah. So like, if you don't Mm, understand how like little, I mean, even at the very end on scoring, we were still kind of figuring out how that worked. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot to it. A lot of little pieces that I think took a good portion of the game to, to figure out. I was just gonna say, I feel like I say this all this time, but I also kind of measure on like how you can still know what to do and, and, have a good time without completely understanding the rules. And I think that was very true for me this time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say that this is one of those games where you know that the first one's going to be a little bit rough because, you know, what is the value of money? What is the value of an architect? You know, kind of figuring that out. I, I felt like if, you know, if you played again in the future, you'd have a better understanding of, of what the values of each things were and like yep. the value of, okay, when do I go to Brussels? When do I do the exhibition? You know, you kind of have a better understanding once you see a whole game played out. Um, so yeah, I think this is one of those types of games. Yep. Uh, Rulebook side. Um, there was some stuff that we did mess up. Uh, we didn't have the money out um, in the first two rounds, I think. So we weren't selling paintings or art. I don't think any of us Probably would have. I don't think it impacted uh, selling paintings, but it did give us a few extra cards to do stuff with, which mm. I'm not going to complain about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the last piece was just kind of like the end of games, like what was worth points mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, that took a little bit. And I think there were a couple of cases where it's like, OK, if you have art, and it's like, ah, oh, but you told us that art wasn't worth anything. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, I was sort of correct. It was only worth something if you had that column majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it was um, going to impact anything, though. 
some of those, like the money thing, like that was totally on me because in the game setup, it does say like from these five decks, mm-hmm. get four cards and then you'll deal them out. Um, uh, but the other one about like the, you know, the numbers, the number of nobles that you could activate was based on your mm-hmm. nobility track. And that was like in small print somewhere else that I just kind of missed it. So. And the only reason why I look, went looking for it is because I was trying to figure out, like, well, why the hell would you want to go up on the, the nobility track? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why. Uh, would you play it again, Kate? I, I think I would play it again. I, I'm a really easy critic. I... <laughs> Have you ever said no I don't, to a game? I'm trying to think of that right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I like almost anything. <laughs> We're going to play Winterborn one day. Okay. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you a game you never want to play again. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's not it's not going to be a favorite. I, I wouldn't say that. And I I agree with all the criticisms. I don't know. I had I had fun. I mm-hmm. I if somebody had it and wanted to play, I would I would play. Uh, Kiwi. So this is a game I wanted to like a lot more. We always talk about you know I I read the rules before we start the mm-hmm. podcast, and then we have to do this. Would you pick it up off the shelf? Mm-hmm. And I have to like. You know, Think forget of, about the yeah. rules that I like know how that the game is supposed to work and base that solely off the picture and the the description. This is one of those ones where after I read the rules, I was excited to play. I wanted to see it played out. And but I still said no for whether I would pick it up. I wanted to like it a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think there were elements uh, that I did enjoy, like the yeah the figuring out what actions I wanted and Mm -hmm. how much money to spend was interesting. Um, I think I'm still going to say, yes, I would play it again, (laughs) but I, it was, it was one of those games where I really wanted to like it a lot more than I ended up liking it at the end. Okay. Yeah. It didn't live up to what I was hoping it was going to be. Okay. Uh, BP. I will have to continue the frame of it didn't live up to my expectations, uh, but I think I'm going to pass on this one. Um, obviously, I love Art Nouveau. I was just flipping through my book yet again, uh, but there's just, I don't know. There's nothing that really wowed me about it or made me be like, ah, this was so much fun. I want to do it again. I mean, it wasn't awful, but I feel like there are just other beautiful games to play. Yep. Um, I, I'm no, I never got into the puzzle piece. Like there are too many rounds where I was like, I don't really care. I'm just going to pick this thing. Like I knew there was like a, a way to, you know, you're solving. How do I most efficiently spend my money and use my architects to optimize my area control? But it just seemed like too much effort to bother with. <laughs> so I just didn't. Which might be why Kate crushed us. Because <laughs> She figured that out. She figured that piece out and just did it. She was like, ah, this is where I get all my points and nobody else seems to give a shit about it. (laughs) It it did seem like it's one of those games where like, okay, we're all going to end up with the same meta. As long as you build the same houses, everyone get the, uh, get a couple art pieces. It really just came down to optimizing, getting the prestige and then whatever the, the coat of arms things. Like that is really what it came down to. So I feel like if we played it again, we'd all kind of know that. And that's not a lot of interesting choices to me. So yeah. That was Bruxels 1897. <laughs>
Uh, so if you have any recommendations of games that you would like to hear us mispronounce or just hear our impressions on, just send them our way. You can do so via email. We are at first turn tabletop at Gmail, as well as Twitter and Instagram. We are first turn cast and our podcasting camel is he's climbing this spiral staircase with the, the beautifully iron wrought, uh, banister and he says please don't forget to rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers and we look forward to hearing from you so play more games oh everybody's george yeah george. everybody's george <laughs> Even though we're all George, yeah, we can't be George squared. Can we de George though? Uh, no, I think we have to pay we're permanently George. Uh, oh, and we don't have to pay for George. Um, I'm gonna go to prison. And <laughs> sorry, go to prison. Go to Brussels. <laughs> <laughs> Just assuming I'm going to prison. <laughs>